Hey, everybody. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. I am Bobby the Awesome. I am your host. Um, I don't have my normal background on because our book is releasing. It was kind of a big deal. So I thought I would leave it up. I was in a another meeting some point this week where I had it on and I was like, sure, why not? So this is my six year anniversary show. Yeah, six years without a a bet. And um can't say without stepping in a casino because I've done that way too much. But I don't I'm not real sure what's gonna fall out of my mouth. I figure I'll catch up on what's happening. I've been in Branson, Missouri for a week now, a week or so, and I parted ways with my day job uh, two weeks ago. And uh, it's really a shame because it was it was probably my favorite job ever. It was so good for me. It was like the perfect fit. I got to work with people. I got to play with flowers. I, I got to just do the things I love to do. And uh, unfortunately, my ideals don't necessarily line up with the company. So it wasn't a good fit anymore. And uh, we separated, of course, if you ask me, I think they were about to fire me. If you ask them, they think I abandoned the job. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. It's just sad because I was really trying to help do things um, and and help them from the inside up. And uh, my heart's broken because a lot of people are impacted or will be impacted and they don't even know it by me being gone. I'm not saying that from a place of cockiness. I'm saying it from a place of um, just, I know my capability. I, I just know my capability, but I'm not sad necessarily about not having um, a W-2 job right now. And I, I call it W-2, like I'm a you know big, bad official entrepreneur. Uh <laughs> Anyway, I am an entrepreneur, but I'm going to figure it out. I haven't cracked the code yet, but I am going to figure it out. So last year, I was really working on my intuition and trying to understand inside of me. I, Coach Zen is her name, and she teaches GPS, uh, your inner guidance system. No, IGS, internal guidance system. It's like GPS and and tries, well, and she does a good job teaching. I'm just still learning to how to feel or follow my intuition. And she, you know, she teaches the cues and um, a lot of of thinking. And, And that was my focus last year, calendar year. And I still have to work at it a lot. I still haven't figured it all out. But when I was going through this event at work, um, the morning that I woke up and, and packed my things and, and knew they were coming for me, I was really trying to read my internal guidance system and try to understand what was going on. And I felt calm and was the the job was amazing for me. It was good for my mind. It was good for um, my pocketbook. I mean, it was a good paying job. It was it was just a really, really good job. And it helped bring me back my confidence that I had lost um, from making mistakes along the way with that entrepreneur stuff. Um, 
And I'm still going to make mistakes. But during during the time right before I got the job, it was probably one of the darkest times of my life. You know, the end of 2020, well, 2021, um, when it kind of disappeared from you guys for a bit. But I wasn't myself. And the job really gave me, like, purpose their purpose. I have my purpose. And I think that's why I was so calm about this because I know that now the time is right for my purpose. So if you've been listening for a while, you know that I made the show uh, under the pretense of (laughs) wanting to have influence and power, not in a way for my ego, but to help with laws and different things and and to raise awareness around gambling addiction and make things equitable. When I went to rehab, Kansas, the state of Kansas paid for it or scholarshiped it, whatever you want to call it. And I met people in there and their states weren't paying for it. And the thing I know about gamblers is if it's time to go to rehab, chances are you don't have money to go to rehab. So uh, that was one of the reasons I started the show. And throughout the last six years, um, my dream and my purpose have started to really come to fruition. Uh, by the end of 2019, I was, I was pretty clear on what I needed to do. Early in 2020, I had my epiphany spiritual awakening. I don't know what you want to call it. Another very challenging time in my life. But I remember at a certain point, understanding that all the challenges happen for a reason. And I was able to switch from like a resentment to gratitude for everything. And so I call it kind of a spiritual awakening. And the the mission and the concept just continues to get clearer and clearer. So for three, two, one, three, two, one is my clean date, which is why it's called three, two, one, in case you didn't know. Uh, (laughs) Who knows? You could be a first time listener and I'm just feeling silly. So uh, I had a really, really good day. Honestly, I've been, like I said, in Branson, Missouri, and I went to a murder mystery dinner today. And I went to one on Tuesday, actually, too. That was kind of like part of my celebration. Next week, I get to go see Blue October, uh, which is part of why I've been dragging my trip long because I have a ticket to go see them in in Nashville. And I want to, I didn't want to go all the way back up to Connecticut to have to come back down to Tennessee. So I'm dragging my feet and I got to catch up on some work and some podcasting at some freaking crazy, incredible guests for you guys. Um, so anyway, I digress. So I went to a show today and I went to one on, on Tuesday, uh, my anniversary itself. So I was kind of like my own date, but, um, which is just fine. And I get to meet a lot of different people. Like the first show I met people from Florida and, uh, Arkansas and Washington, just lots of different people. And then, Today, I sat at a table and there was another fellow that was there by himself 
across the way. And then there was a couple next to us. And then I had met the couple behind me outside and they had just moved to Branson about a year ago from Kansas city. Of course I love Kansas city. They were like, we had enough. We were there for the whole thing, but this show was interactive. It was so freaking good and so funny. And I just laughed for like two hours straight, but I had a part. I was Rosie O'Neill and in my part, I had to wear this big red floppy hat and the criteria was to be loud. And I had one line, but anytime they said my name, I was supposed to say the one line. And the one line is let's start a party or let's party or something like that. I can't believe I already forgot it. It's only been a couple hours. And I was supposed to jump up and be real excited and scream my line. And, uh, The second time it happened, so it happened pretty early in the show where they said my name and I jumped up and I nailed it. And then the second time I missed it, (laughs) not intentionally, uh, but they kind of looked at me so that I knew what to do, but I didn't actually hear them say my name. And what I realized was that I wasn't being present. And trust me, I'm very mindful of being present And uh, it was just a good reality that even though I was trying and I was trying to notice as well that I was being present and enjoying the show, which I guess if your mind's kind of wondering, are you fully present? I don't know. I'm going to a presence class in the morning. Um, My girlfriend, Colleen, is hosting uh, a three-hour workshop for free, uh, which is amazing. And she's like one of those beautiful, like light people. Um, So anyway. I got myself back to being present and just really had an amazing time at this show. But I digress. So I I actually, um, after this week, I am 100% confident, though, that murder mystery shows will be integrated into the 3 to one curriculum when I get my places built. So back to that. So the dream of 3 to one I'm going to kind of walk you through where it's at today and how it's evolved. And I think many, many years ago, so I'm 40, I'm going to be 49 this year. My ex-husband was 12 years older than me. So for his 50th birthday, so 11 years ago, 10 years ago, we were, we were already uh, split up. I don't think we were officially divorced, but we were split up. Um, And I would still see him from time to time. And his 50th, he was dating a, he was dating a girl And his 50th birthday was coming up. And for many, many years, Dave was like a big kid. He was just like so much fun. He'd be the one like in the weeds with the kids, um, loves babies, all that stuff. And he gave me many opportunities. He's like, one more year, one more year. Do you want a kid? Do you want a kid? Do you want a kid? And um, let's see where we landed. That would be a big fat no. Um, (laughs) Anyway. So I always envisioned him as a big kid, or that's how I saw him. And the very, very, before we knew that my gambling, my drinking, and and my life had any um, real purpose, I always thought my purpose was around floral and grocery and and that past life. But before knowing any of that, I, I remember thinking I wanted to throw Davey a 50th birthday party, but it would be all kid stuff. Like his birthday's in June, and, and what sticks in my mind is a slip and slide, um, but have this birthday party where it was all kid centric, but no, no kids allowed so that the adults can play. 
So we're going back a decade that this idea has started forming. And because I've never reproduced, I think, I think mothers are very special people. I have to tell you, and people who can handle kids, even if they're not moms, they're special too. But because I've never had kids and because I'm, I have the sensitivity to sound and it seems to be getting worse instead of better. Um, things like, uh, lawn mowers and leaf blowers and the neighbors upstairs from my room right now um, that you think would be had a marching band parade in the middle of the night. Anyway, I'm very sensitive to those sounds. And as someone without a child, for whatever reason, I seem to get placed next to, you know, screaming babies on the plane. Or if I go to a bar for a meal, because I like to sit at the bar when I go out to eat instead of a table, um, there'd be screaming kids in the bar. And even when I was, I had to be in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, I took a picture of this lady. She has literally the stroller next to her at the slot machine. At one point, the guy with her was holding the baby, but he saw me taking a picture. So I had to stop. But at any rate, there are kids just about everywhere. And another one of my like Bobby isms, and I guess maybe these are like anxiety things, who knows, but this is my space. I like my space and little people don't know space. So they'll just be like twirling around and going and they always like cut me off. I I, I can remember different times, like in a mall where they're like, just do, 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 do. Um, and I'm just quirky and don't happen to like all that. So this premise of having a place to go for entertainment or a quiet dinner was something that's always been like peaking my curiosity. And one can argue, you know, oh, at a casino, there's no kids, but there's drinking. Um, at adult bars, you know, maybe there's no kids, but regardless, it seems like there's kids everywhere you go <laughs> for the most part. So as the idea formulated before I, right before I started the show, um, the idea had really kind of blossomed and I wanted to have what I call a recovery playground. That's what it's evolved into. But basically it's a place where you can go where there's no gambling and no children. Now, as my recovery journey evolved and alcohol went away, now it has no alcohol, no gambling, or no children. Now, I would love if any one person could tell me where that exists, what kind of place that is that exists. I have not had anyone ever be able to come up with an answer where you can go for entertainment and food where there's no gambling, drinking, or children. Nobody's been able to tell me. So at any rate, that's the premise of what my place is going to look like. And it, it, of course, has to be a national chain. And I want it in neighborhoods that have a population that need um, homes, jobs, sobriety, recovery. So those folks and folks coming out of rehabs, folks coming out of jail, folks coming off the street, I want them to live on a nonprofit side, right, on the property, a compound sounds, I don't know what the true definition of a compound is, but um, that's kind of what I picture. Like it's a, it's a big thing because 
I think I want hotels there too. So that when people can travel from all over, stay at the hotel, go to the playground. Um, but the nonprofit side with all these folks has evolved into, they become employees at 321. And, you know, like, obviously not like get out of rehab, go start, but I want to offer training and a bunch of different things in the, in the sober houses. And then they can come and be part of the staff. One of my beliefs is that it's very much easy to relapse. If we go back to the same circumstances and situations, like you need a really strong mind to go back. Like, let's say you're a gambler or a drinker and you go back after treatment and you're going home to a gambler or drinker, drinker, right? So the premise is so people have a safe place to stay and work and blossom. I mean, ideally it would be great if the folks who come through the system become franchisees down the road. So it's a big fucking massive dream. And little Miss Know-It-All thought she'd have it done by now. But anyway, so leaving a job, I think, is what is, is, is symbolic. It's symbolic of telling me that it's time to figure out how to make 321 happen. The world's getting more and more crazy. We need safe places for people. We need a place to be able to go and like have fun and play. Um, even parents, right? I, by the way, I have nothing against kids, but think about parents. And and I, I picture them in like one of those interactive museums or an amusement park or um, experiences, right? And what, what comes to mind is I can see a bunch of adults like pushing the kids or, you know, like even just going down a slide, right? If, if you ever watch a, a parent and a kid in a park, who's going down the slide? Just the kid usually, right? Not the adults. Um, so it's, it's always about the kid's experience through the lens that I could see. And I want those, even those adults to have a a fun, safe place, like get a babysitter, come out, have a good time. Um, sobriety is a thing. Like it, it's it's becoming a movement from my perception. Um, and again, it could be the world that I live in, but I think people are starting to really understand that alcohol is a drug. It harms our bodies. Um, my counselor calls it fermented juice. You know, so there are people who want to be sober and out and about. So that's kind of the premise. It's not, it's not anti-kids. And I was talking about something specific before I went down that rabbit hole about explaining the kids. Totally lost it. We're talking about the people coming out of, um, rehabbing stuff and working there and blossoming to a chain. At any rate, uh, the 321 mission has evolved into a place where there's no gambling, drinking, or children. And uh, one of my mentors, a very great mentor, uh, Paul Churchill from the Recovery Elevator podcast, which I know you guys have heard me talk about many times, and he was my first guest, but he talks about the opposite of addiction is connection. And that's what I want. I want to build this place. Now, here was my master plan when I first left work. 
or left treatment. No, left my job. Excuse me. 2020 when I left my other really good job. Um, I was going to figure it out. I was going to make a million dollars and then I would be able to go to investors and go, look, I made a million dollars in a year because I'm so smart and I'm such a badass and give me your money so I can start building this and changing the world. Didn't really happen that way. Instead, I um, wasted, I invested, I didn't waste, I invested a lot of money into my personal development, into uh, business strategies, into being very gullible and buying some wrong technology, some wrong coaching, blah, 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 blah. Uh, So made a lot of mistakes, not on track with my goals. My goals are are my deadlines. Like I wanted to be a vice president by the time I was 40 or director of Flora by the time I was 40. And I made it at 39. Now, three, two, one, I got to do some serious magic because I don't know how long the construction will take. But I'm guessing uh, more than a year because I want really cool um, architecture-ness. Is that a word? Architecture-ness? But I want it to be very special. I want you to go in on a slide and go down into a ball pit. Um, I want, you know, a roller skating ring and in the middle be an ice cream bar. I know I should not be still having sugar. So, all right. So here's the thing. When I was designing this in my head, and this is kind of what's one of the things that's broken in society when I first started, somebody had said um, something about having TVs in there for for sports. And I, I, I thought about it really pretty hard and decided, no, I don't want people in there watching TV. Like you can watch TV anywhere else. It's part of, uh, part of, I just don't want, I don't want people in there watching TV. That's not the point. The point is to be present and to, and to be part, participative. Participative, participative. Anyway, um, to participate in community. So that was like one of the things. So same premise with the ice cream bar. If you paid attention to anything I've ever posted, chances are you've seen a dessert or a dog. Those are two of my favorite things. And um, when I was at Epcot in 2020, there was this like candy milkshake shop. And this is part of why I want to tell the government for me. Part of why I do all my traveling and my, and my research and stuff is to figure out how to make the perfect three, two, one, um, especially since 2020, like all the different events and things and, um, bars and restaurants and all, all kinds of stuff. I take pictures and, uh, have been collecting all the best pieces or the best pieces of how I want them in my mind. Um, anyway, so that's structurally, but in the middle of my roller skating ring, I want this ice cream bar. And I was at Epcot and they made like these crazy milkshakes. So it was like a milkshake like this, but it had a cookie and ice cream and just all kinds of good stuff. 
I want this because it's part of my personality. Like that's what three, two, one, no kidding is. It's, it's a reflection of my recovery um, journey and things that I like, you know, like volleyball courts and a dog park and all of that. So um, I kind of want the ice cream bar because it's something that I like now. Am I an advocate for shovel and sugar down no, like I know that it's probably a little bit of a trade-off for me because I don't drink anymore. Um, but there's also times I can go without it. And then there's, I just have this mindset, like I got one life, eat dessert first, you know, my cholesterol and my doctor don't like that thinking, but I do. So anyway, the moral of the story is about my six year mark of, of that free time is um, I'm going through another, like spring is here. It's another season. It's another thing that my, my counselor, you know, taught me is like different seasons in life. And, and like I said, last year was the year of intuition this year. I want to be flow. So I'm just trying to go with the flow. And I think the reason my intuition didn't like, scream at me and say, Bobby, no, don't step away from this job. You know, don't let them fire you fight, blah, blah, blah. I think the reason my intuition had told me not to do that is because it might be the time. So I got to figure out the strategy. I have a big idea for one, uh, but I got to, I got to write it out and, and do some thinking, but um, that's part of why I'm hiding out in the woods this week. So that's kind of my Six-year update, two crazy, crazy periods of darkness in the course of the last six years, but gosh, most of it has been bright lights and dreaming big and travel and adventures. And I often, often think, and I actually thought this today because I think the tickets for this show were like 70 bucks and I... I'm really trying to get over that whole money thing. Like there's plenty of money. I'll be okay. Um, it's just, it's old thinking, which is part of why I bring on so many guests that talk about carrying old thinking and past traumas and all of that good stuff. But anyway, um, I think like I would never do this if I was gambling. The book behind me, I don't think I would have been doing that if I was gambling. I definitely wouldn't have known these ladies I definitely would not have spent the amount of time that I do with personal development. I mean, I've always learned and tried to improve things, but never to the level that I do now. So the biggest takeaway, I guess, you know, after six years, it's not even the list of what I have or haven't done. Um, it's the self-discovery. It's discovering that I do have a purpose. I know what it is. I'm the person to do it with my big mouth and pushing through the fears because there's been a lot more fear than I think maybe people know about. Um, I think there's probably even a little more than I know about. I should actually do a whole show on fear because it's an interesting topic, but um, I just know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how I'm supposed to do it. I just know what I'm supposed to do. Part of what I'm supposed to do is talk to you guys. Um, and share the message. So that's what the last six years has been giving me that self-discovery, that courage, uh, 
the tenacity. Like I could work. She's coming out of rehab the last six years. If I just stayed at the two jobs ago at, you know, at the one at the job in New York, I probably would have like a half a million dollars in the bank right now. Um, because I wouldn't have had anything to spend it on with no gambling and no drinking, uh, costs go down. Right. And I would have been doing the job and I would have been, you know, good at doing the job, but, um, it would have been just a status quo. And that's the biggest, the biggest thing. And I said this out loud to people, like I declared it. I am in the 1%. I'm in the 1% that'll work harder, that'll do whatever it takes. Um, I don't know what percent it really is, but I won't quit. I can't quit. Um, I literally feel like I can change the world through three, two, one and change the generational crap that gets handed down and handed down, right? If we can give people that come out of treatment, that come out of prison, that come off the streets, the tools, and let them create their own recovery, by the way, not have me or my staff tell them how they need to recover, but for us to deliver the sampling of recovery strategies that I've investigated or that I've interviewed people on, everything from, you know, the coaches and the meditation to um, religious stuff to 12-step stuff to refuge recovery and recovery dharma and on and on and on and on. It's not for me to tell you how to recover. It's for me to let you know it, it's not this one size fits all anymore. Gambling is not a one size fits all anymore. It, it doesn't even use money anymore. Like money, tangible, feel it in your hand money. I mean, it uses funds. Um, I guess it, 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 it uses words like Bitcoin, for example. I know that Bitcoin exists. I know it's something. It's not paper something. I don't know how to describe it, but I mean, like that's the world we're living in. So I can't be cookie cutter uh, recovery because it's not cookie cover cook cookie cutter gambling. It's just changing too fast. And because of some of my words, I totally forgot what I was going to say or where, I, what point I was trying to make. So it must be time to wrap it up, but um, thanks for letting me just kind of reflect back on my six years. You know, reflections, one of my favorite things. One of my guests was talking about it. Can't remember the context. I guess some, did I mention I have some really cool guests coming on? Uh, <laughs> one lady, I, sh- I should have never even have, have met to even invite on the show. Um, but with my, you know, one of my other big, uh, epiphany or one of the things that I progressed on is my spirituality. Like I didn't have any before treatment and now I'm probably, it's probably one of my top three values. Um, so I, I have some really neat guests that dive into that. Um, but this lady that I wasn't supposed to meet, she let me ask questions, uh, 
<laughs> it was actually a very eye-opening show, especially since I've had such a, I don't want to say it, call it a relationship. I was going to say like a strange relationship with religion, but I don't even know there was that much effort to call it a relationship. So I'm very blessed that I get to interview all these experts and have people tell me things, but there's going to be some really good information coming your way. It's more of the story. And hopefully I will be back on here more often once I get back to um, one place in a regular routine. So thank you for being with me for half of my, my clean time now. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure getting to kind of share my journey with you. Again, be excited about the book. I don't know that I'll have the background on. We don't know exactly when it's going to release. I'm going to cough. So please. So I'm talking to you guys the week of 321 of 2023. I can confidently say it'll be out by the end of the year. And this is actually something uh, many of you listeners would, would really like. It was a book. It's, it's nine women telling their story on belonging and, uh, I'm one of the nine and it's just, it's, it's just good, good stories, I guess. But that's why I had to kind of brag a little. It's one of my major projects right now. And, um, it's kind of fun stuff or things that I think are fun. Love the ideas, love the, the challenges of, um, trying to figure out how to get everybody together and, Anyway, more to come on that as it unfolds. So thank you again for being here with me, beautiful people. This is Bobby the Awesome, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.